From you have I been absent in the spring. When proud peed April, no. dressed in all his trim. No, it's pot. Wait, what did I say, peed? Yes. I didn't mean to. That <laughs> all right, that's probably good enough. Let's just hear the theme song now. No, 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 try it again. <laughs> no, I think we're done. <laughs> everyone welcome to fire the canon podcast the podcast where we read the works in the western canon and decide if they belong or not spring has sprung i'm one of your hosts rachel (sighs) hello what jackie the podcast is starting where am i you're in your closet in your house the what podcast Nothing like a good night's sleep, right, guys? I was just out for a couple of minutes, Uh, right? I mean, when I closed my eyes, it was late November. It's mid-April. What? Wait, what? It's mid-April. Last thing I remember, I was gorging myself on salmon. (laughs) Didn't you hear me? I said spring has sprung. Oh, my God. Ugh, why did I have to start a podcast with a bear and a caterpillar? Wait, are caterpillars caterpillars in the spring, or should I be a butterfly by now? Because if so, I'm late. I started it with a caterpillar. Now you're a butterfly. (laughs) I, I must have done something wrong. I think they actually are caterpillars in the spring and then butterflies in the summer and fall and then they die in the winter. Yeah, so you're a confused caterpillar slash butterfly. Oh, because I was just born. <laughs> you were just born. Yeah. Oh, my God. oh, man. I feel fresh as a daisy. Wait, so are you telling me that I missed four months of my life? Well, luckily, we pre-recorded all those episodes that are one of our squirrel friends buried in the ground, and I've been releasing them week by week. Yeah, but, I mean, that's great for the podcast and all, but, <laughs> you know, I have to do my taxes. I have student loans to pay. That's what people expect of bears. Oh, my God, my email inbox. <laughs> but wait, COVID's over, right? COVID's long gone, right? Oh, yeah, surely that's over by now. Uh, I hate to say it's not over yet. What do you mean? It's oh. Well, you forget what country we're in. It's the United Uh, States. I forgot everything, Rachel. As you transformed from (laughs) caterpillar to like mucus inside of a cocoon and then into a butterfly. Yeah, I guess I'm still, I guess I'm a caterpillar. Wait, are you a caterpillar or a butterfly? You went into your cocoon and then you came out and you're still a caterpillar. (laughs) That's That's why I said I feel like I messed something up. (laughs) I can't even do this right. Well, here's a question. How many legs do you have? Uh, True or false? How many true legs do you have? Or maybe maybe play it like you don't even realize they're false legs. (laughs) Well, I have eight legs, but two of them are on my head. Wait a second. Aren't you an insect? All insects only have six (laughs) legs, Jackie. How many times do we have to go through this? Well, here's the thing. Butterflies and caterpillars both have six legs. Mm Mm-hmm. I learned that. When did you learn it? I dreamed it, I think. (laughs) A little too recently. (laughs) Yeah, a little too recently. I mean, I just, I had the strangest dream. You want to hear about it? Yeah. (laughs) You dreamed that you turn into mucus inside of a cocoon for a while? And then changed back to the original thing. I don't know why you keep bringing up mucus. You brought up mucus. When did I ever say mucus? No, I actually. It was you. Oops. I mean, they literally, they they, like digest themselves and turn into. Liquify. Theo, um, I don't need you to caterpillar splain to me right now because I know what I've been through. Mm. You know how many legs you have. Here's what I dreamed. It was the strangest thing. It's like you were there and you were there, (laughs) but the world was in color. 
There was this big house floating in the sky. And then all these little munchkins okay, came I'm, out. I'm, I'm looking at the verses of Fast Car right now. I don't know what you're referencing. Well, there was a witch, a good witch and a bad witch, and a sandwich. Okay, okay. We know what you're talking about. You're doing the Wizard of Oz. We're not taking the bait. We're not taking the bait. A preview for our future episode. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We are going to do Wizard of Oz. We are taking the bait, but later. Yeah, in just a few weeks, actually. <laughs> we're not taking the bait. Yet. We're not taking it yet. Oh, man. Jackie, you've added too many layers. First, you were a butterfly. Then you were a caterpillar that turned back into a caterpillar. And then now you're one who went to the Wizard You're the one who told me to be a caterpillar. Why didn't you pick something springy like a bunny? I did not tell you to be a caterpillar. You went on. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Rabbits don't hibernate. But they are springy. <laughs> they turn brown. All right. To appease Jackie, you were a caterpillar, you became a cocoon, and then what came out of the cocoon? Mucus. A bunny. A bunny <laughs> came out of the cocoon. Yeah, now you're just a bunny covered in mucus. Oh, Jackie, it says that queen bumblebees hibernate during the winter. You could be a queen bumblebee and all the other bees die. That's yeah. pretty good. Welcome to the Fire the Cannon podcast. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? You wake up, all my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all my sons. I guess I should have known. This did happen last year. but yeah. It says turtles and frogs and stuff. Some of them, they like bury themselves in the bottom of a pond to sleep through the winter. That doesn't sound like as a... good as being the queen bee. I think I'll stay But you know how bee. many legs turtles have? Four true ones. Yeah, four true legs. There's a couple other little ones in their shells. We don't get to see those a whole lot. Hmm. But isn't it crazy that caterpillars do turn into mucus? They do become slime. And then they become a butterfly. <laughs> You're really and hitting this mucus thing really hard. <laughs> he really wants us to know that he knows what goes on inside well, the cocoon. Well, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like, I thought about this earlier today when we talked about what you were going to be, Jackie. And I thought, like, like seeing that goo, like, you would think, that's the most dead an animal can be. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like, like if you saw me and I was just a puddle of goo, you would think there's no. Help. I would think, wow, your skin has improved. Oh, oh, Jackie, too soon. Jackie. Yeah, really. Too soon. He was a puddle of goo just two days ago. Yeah, you think you had a hard time with puberty throughout all of middle school and high school? I was just a puddle of goo. I just spit liquid all over and, my and mic. you can't get any deader than that. I finally blossomed into my human form. <laughs> Six legs, six true legs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two wings. And uh, wait, no, you're a bear. Yeah, I'm a bear. And here's the thing I thought about for bears. <laughs> you can see I came to this episode with a lot of material already prepared. Mm -hmm. yeah. Here's my uh, type five on bears. Can you imagine? Like, wait, type five? You're gonna spend five whole minutes talking about bears? A tight five. Uh, I'll edit it down to probably thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> the bear just instinctually knows it needs to fatten up for winter, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a conscious thought, or do you think it's just suddenly it starts craving food all the time? Do you think? And it's just like us when we stress eat. I really shouldn't be doing this. I really shouldn't be doing this. And it's just well, biting through salmon. Here's my question for you. Do you think bears ever have a conscious thought? <laughs> <laughs> That's I the mean, only conscious thought they ever have is I shouldn't be doing why this. Why am I doing this to myself? It's 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just pure animal instinct living in the moment. No past, no future, only the present. And then all of a sudden one time a year they're like Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> or it's just always, like, no matter what they do, they're like, why did I just do that? <laughs> That's all the bears <laughs> ever think. They, all they feel is regret. <laughs> <laughs> they have no concept of the past, but they do feel regret. <laughs> or embarrassment or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not that bears are special. I think all animals have the instinct to fatten up for the winter. It's just that 
most animals don't get to sleep through the whole winter. Ah. Yeah, so that, I mean. I wish I lost weight when I slept. You probably do a little bit. Barely. If you slept, like, most of the time for, like, four or five months and didn't eat anything, I think you would lose weight. Yeah, I think you'd be skeletal. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right. Now, take a look at Theo. He's looking emaciated right now. Did you get to eat anything when you woke up? Oh, I haven't had anything Let's, okay, audience, we're going to take a little quick, like, what? five, ten hour break while Theo gorges himself on spring (laughs) bounty and then we'll be back. (laughs) Okay, we're back. How do you feel? Better? Oh, yeah. Mm, Now he's the Kool-Aid man. He's gone too far. All right, give me another ten hours to reach equilibrium. Okay, we're back again. I'm a normal bear. <laughs> what do queen bees feel when they wake up and they're like, well, everyone's dead but me again? <laughs> like, how many cycles do they go through? How old am I? Good question. Let's find we out. We didn't plan to have any queen bee talk, so I didn't prepare any material. Well, you immediately start laying eggs. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Immediately? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who fertilizes them? Uh, male bees, and then they die. But they're all dead. Well, don't they fertilize the queen before they die? So I was fertilized, then I slept for months, and then I wake up and start laying <laughs> eggs. It says That's you live creepy. on average one to two years. And I spend most of it sleeping and pregnant? Most of it pregnant, not sleeping. What sucks? Well, that's the life of a queen. Sheesh. I mean, you want to be a worker bee? They live 30, like 20 days on average. Oh, no. Oh, no. Whatever. I guess guess I'll just be a queen. It's fine. You could have been a freaking caterpillar. I could have been a pile of goo that looks deader than dead. You could have been a pair of ragged claws. Ever thought about that? Snuggling across the ocean floor. That is a great... Uh, segue out of this nonsense into our actual episode. Well, we spent 20 minutes. I'll cut it down to a tight five. (laughs) (laughs) Tight five, yay. Okay. So, audience, the premise of this episode is that spring, as you know, has sprung. I think we decided it hath. Spring hath sprung. Sorry. Spring hath sprung. Is this International Poetry Month or National Poetry Month, Jackie? Um, intergalactic. Come on. Tell the truth. Why don't we just say podcast-wide? It's National Poetry Month. Oh. Happy April, everyone. National Poetry Month. We are one week into the best month of the year. And by the time you listen to it, we'll be three weeks in. <laughs> And <laughs> happy almost end of National Poetry Month, everybody. So I hope you've had a good National Poetry Month. <laughs> if you haven't, there's nothing we can do about it now. Sorry, try again next year. Yeah, you're going to feel just like a bear waking up from hibernation. <laughs> you missed out on so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, in honor of this auspicious month, we decided to do a spring poetry sample for you. So we're going to read a few different spring poems, and we're going to talk about them. All public domain, lawyers. Put your knives away. Yeah. Retract your claws. Sand down your sharp teeth. It's been a while since I graduated law school. I'm not really sure what lawyers do anymore. Yeah, that's right. You just betrayed your kind. Oh, lawyers make the most lawyer jokes. Okay, so I do want to make one thing clear. We are trying to avoid any copyright issues, so we're primarily focusing on poetry that we're positive we're not going to get a copyright strike for. Unfortunately, most of the like canonical poetry from that time period was written by white people in English. Yeah. Yeah. So I regret that we are focusing. I think we're only reading white poets right now. Sorry about that. Maybe Jackie can recommend some other like more modern poets at the end. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to get sued. 
give us more money on Patreon and we'll be able to afford it. Yeah. We'll have a little... (laughs) Be able to afford getting sued. Yeah. (laughs) That's what all the Patreon money is for. Um, Yeah, at the end, I think just in honor of Poetry Month, I'll give you a little rundown of some of my favorite modern poets, a little more more of an inclusive list, but it won't have anything to do with spring. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's start with Sonnet 98, right? That's where we were. Here we go, 98. I think one of us should read it because it's in public domain. I'll read it. I'm a good reader. (laughs) Oh, gosh, it's so long. It's a sonnet. It's, it's a sonnet. It's 14 so lines. Does it have some sort of twist at the end? It should. It's a sonnet. Let's find out. The last two lines are always the twist, right? That's how it the works. Turn. The twist. Okay. Yeah. Let's the go. Turn. Into being a sandwich. Ooh. Say that at before line 13. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take on a totally different persona on, in those last two lines. If it's appropriate. I'm sure it is. Okay, here we go. <laughs> From you have I been absent in the spring when the... Pre- what? What? What this what? is what you already tried to get me to... Yeah, that's why we said we were going to do this one. I said, oh. should we do Sonnet 98 since we already did oh, it? Oh, gosh. And you said, yes, You know I have a bad it. history And he said, this. yeah, and then started it. He was like, wait a second, we already did this. Uh, do the whole thing, just go. From you have I been absent in the spring when proud pied April, dressed in all his trim, hath put a spirit of youth in everything. The heavy Saturn laughed and leaped with him. Yet nor the lays of birds, nor the sweet smell of different flowers in odor and in hue could make me any summer's story tell. Or from their proud lap pluck them where they grew. Nor did I wonder at the lilies white, nor praise the deep vermilion in the rose. They were but sweet, but figures of delight, drawn after you. You pattern all of those. Yet seemed it winter still and you away. As with your shadow, I with these did play. All right. What do you think, everyone? That was extremely appropriate. Good job. I think that's exactly how Shakespeare intended it. Theo, Jackie, or let's see, Theo, what do you think the poem's about? Uh, Wait, I have to actually read it now. Oh, gosh. You've read it twice. You didn't just absorb it when you were performing it. No, not at all. Okay, it's very obvious. Spring's here. It's great. But because you're not around, it feels like winter. Because you're not there. Yeah. A classic sentiment for poetry. Kind of like our song, our Christmas song. <gasps> Happy holidays. But we weren't, we weren't basing it on this. We weren't. We just... <gasps> my little cat joined me. It's spring in my heart now. How come she gets to have a cat on the podcast and I'm not allowed? Cassie's quiet. She's not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a rule breaker. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you guys think? Do you like this poem? Do you think it feels springy? Why is April a man? That I was also confused about. Uh, I think it's nice. A nice twist. Mm. Normally April's a woman. A nice woman. twist. You thought they said the twist comes in the second two lines, or the last two lines. It's only a twist because of how we personify April these days. I think my one complaint is I don't like the word odor in a poem. I feel like the word odor implies something gross. But it's spelled with a U, so odor. it seems kind of fancy. Different right? flowers in odor and in hue. Odor. Odor. Yeah. Well, it's kind of cool because it's saying everybody feels so youthful in April that even Saturn is laughing and leaping along, and he's super heavy because he's like a big old planet, right? The thing is, here's my thought on the poem. I like it. I don't love it. 
because it's not really, for this particular episode, it's not really about spring. It's just using spring as a backdrop for his love, you know? Uh. So we don't like it. We don't love it because it didn't suit our podcast episode. It's No, that's just how I feel. <laughs> it's up to you guys. <laughs> I like it. I don't love it. I only love poems if they serve my <laughs> I like it, but I don't think it was the right choice for this episode. So sorry, poem. <laughs> no, it's the right choice because we're discussing it. Sheesh. <laughs> Shakespeare's fired out of the canon. Yeah, Shakespeare. Shakespeare, no thanks. What what does the lays of bird mean? Is that is that what he songs eggs? songs from birds? A lay, it's like a ballad. But birds lay eggs. Oh, it's not yeah. about birds laying eggs. It's about the bird song. They're layings. Okay, what were you saying, Theo? Oh, I was just excited that this was going to be like a rapid fire firing or not. Yeah, fire done. Next. Oh, I don't think we have to fire it. Oh. But we do. (laughs) I'm the queen bee, I decided. Okay, it's Shakespeare. You get out of (laughs) here. Sorry, you're out. Okay. Buzz, buzz, says the little bee. Grr, grr, says the mighty bear slash producer. Let's do... Do you want to do Wordsworth, Jackie? I want to do Wordsworth. Okay. Wow, read the whole thing. This is kind of long. No, it's not. No, all these are way too long. No, they're not. These are way too long. We should have just done only haikus. Stop it. Okay, ready? Um, how should I how should I do this? Should I do it as John Lennon? <laughs> no, just read it normally. Obama, Kermit, or John Lennon. Those are your choices. Not Jackie. Jackie's not an option. <laughs> Theo, your choice then. If you can do this whole thing as Obama, I think that'd be pretty good. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> I wandered. Lonely as a cloud. This is gonna take forever. Don't do it as Obama. <laughs> do someone faster. Someone faster, like uh like Jackie. Do like Theo. <laughs> I wandered. Lonely as a cloud. The floats on high. All right, I'm just gonna read it. Yeah. That's what I suggested from the beginning. Had anyone ever thought of just following Rachel's instructions? No. <laughs> this is I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud by William Wordsworth. I wandered, lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beside the trees, beneath, beneath the trees even, <laughs> fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not be but gay, but a poet could not but be gay, in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought. What wealth the show to me had brought. Far oft, when on my couch I lie, in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. I like that one. I know it's a little bit... I think it's good. I think it's cute. It is. It's not amazing, I guess, but I still I still like it. I like the sentiment very much about spring. I've always wondered this. Clouds have a lot of buddies. Mm. How often do you look up and just see one cloud wandering around? Well, let me send you a picture. No, thank you. That to me is suspicious. <laughs> Maybe he's saying he wasn't lonely at all. I wandered totally fine with all my best friends. Not lonely at all. It was me and a bunch of other gay poets. Most of the time when you see clouds, you don't even know where one starts and another ends, right? Sometimes. Uh, because they, they're kind of like the human centipede of... <laughs> of meteorological... Of meteorological uh, events, Yeah. <laughs> events maybe just things <laughs> a cloud's an event <laughs> I feel like we haven't hmm. done any history or anything like that <laughs> like do we know when this poem was written or anything 1998 this poem was written between 1804 and 1807 it was published in 1807 
Okay. It was inspired by an event in 1802. A cloud? The event was he saw a bunch of daffodils. Oh. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> the the little pencil drawing of Wordsworth on this Poetry Foundation page, he looks like he is thinking to himself, my God, what have I done? <laughs> this poem, it's too good. <laughs> I'm going to post that on our Instagram. He's literally, he's looking down, he's not smiling, he's got his hand on his head, and he's just thinking, mm-hmm. what did I do last night? Maybe he had some kind of, like, crazy, you know, bender. It says that Wordsworth's contemporaries did not like his this collection of poems. It's probably some of them did. Yeah, probably some of them did. You're right. No need to get so defensive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel like lots of times when people say things like that, it's like we probably have like three examples of critics saying something, but then like maybe there were lots of other people who did like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If one of your friends wrote this, yeah, this little poem about daffodils, you'd be like, okay, cute, right? Like you wouldn't think that's ingenious. We should remember you forever. I don't know about my friends, but I would definitely think that about one of my contemporaries. <laughs> no, but I, I know what you mean. I, if one of you guys wrote this, I would say, it's better than I could do. <laughs> if Jackie wrote it, I would be like, a little bit derivative of Wordsworth, don't you think? <laughs> no, 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 no. Wordsworth doesn't exist in this universe. If he had never written it, I think Lonely as a Cloud is really good, and I think... They flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. That's really good. That is pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot of great bits to this poem. I think the problem is that we're so familiar with it that it's hard to look at it objectively. I think what's interesting about it is it says, being alone does not necessarily equal loneliness. Yeah. As long as you have daffodils. Yeah. And all of your best friends. How many daffodils do you think a host of golden daffodils is? A host. 5,000. What? Oh, really? What do you, how many do you think? I was thinking, like, I don't know, 80? No, 80 daffodils is not that many. <laughs> not a host. <laughs> you can fit 10 daffodils in a pot like this. Oh, it says 10,000 saw I at a glance. So even less than I thought, right? Or what did I say? You said 5,000. 5,000. Okay, so twice as many as I thought. <laughs> and so I saw 10,000 saw I at a glance, and I was like, there's 80 daffodils. Yeah. <laughs> not quite 100 daffodils. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess it's just at a glance. He makes a rough estimate, but it was actually only 80. That's like me trying to, anytime there's like a guess how many M&Ms are in this jar, whereas Theo gets it exactly right. Every time. Yeah. Jackie would be like, two. Two M&Ms. <laughs> no, I really am famously horrible at guessing those. I guess I'm just thinking like, I don't know, you didn't, you never saw anything better? You know what I mean? <laughs> but Theo, it's 10,000 daffodils. Okay, I'm trying. Think about if you saw that many and you were surprised. Like you didn't expect it. Like you were just walking down the street in New York City and you turned the corner. And okay, it's in Central Park. It's in Central Park because it's beside the lake. It's in Central Park and every square inch has 10,000 daffodils on it. <laughs> I would inch. be stunned by that. Yeah, I guess I'd remember that and that would uh, help me whenever I'm in a vacant or pensive mood. Or what if you were in Boston Commons and you were Did going to see... Did you say Boston or Austin? Yeah, the, the famous Austin Commons. I don't know what's in Boston. <laughs> it's so derisive. Who do you think I am? Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> Whoa, Rachel. Yeah, it was like the park, right? And they have a like a famous statue of ducks because there's a little story about ducks. Who am I? Holden Caulfield? <laughs> no, because Holden doesn't know where the ducks are. <laughs> it's a mystery. Well, that's me. I don't know where. The, I don't know anything about that statue. Well, how shocked would you be if you expected to see the statue <laughs> yeah. of the ducks and instead you saw 10,000 daffodils? Apparently you wouldn't be surprised at all because you don't know what's going on. <laughs> 
I would be surprised, but not for the reason you think. Okay, here's the real surprise. We're scheduled to do a podcast. <laughs> I start the Zoom. You guys pop up. It's not either of you. 5,000 daffodils each. Yeah, for you're each 5,000 daffodils. <laughs> or, or if it was mine, it would be 40. 40 each. Wow. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like, I, I see it. I, I see why you would like 10,000 daffodils, I guess. It's not five daffodils. It's not even 80 daffodils. It's 10,000. Yeah. I mean, if you're having trouble conceptualizing that listeners just think of it it's like 10 rows of a thousand daffodils now everyone's got it right (laughs) all right i'm speechless really (laughs) just like the audience apparently wordsworth also wrote political prose which have been described as quote nearly unreadable whoa that's impressive (laughs) maybe because he just couldn't leave the daffodils out of it like he just let's we should read his political prose and critique it (laughs) just really bad handwriting yeah it said illegible not unreadable Okay, is there anything else we should talk about with this poem? No, we're doing a blitz, poetry blitz. Okay, wait, I'm going to quickly remind myself what daffodils look like. I think I remember, <laughs> but I'm going to... No, look. Theo, don't look. You're going to be uh, shocked. Okay. <laughs> what if you see 10,000 of what them? What if it changes your life? What if it comforts me when I'm pensive? That would be terrible. <laughs> so I looked up 10,000 daffodils. That's a lot. I can see. Can that happen on accident, or does someone have to plant that many? I bet they planted them. But why? If it seems like something someone would have had to have planted and then you see it that's going to feel like a miracle right <laughs> every time you feel vacant you're going to remember those daffodils what yeah. bird poem should Everything. i read so the wait choices can you are... let me read well, one first and so, then you wait, can go back to can, you <laughs> can we just say one more thing about this do you think we need like the middle two stanzas uh that's the one where he says that poets have to be gay when they're hanging out with daffodils. <laughs> Here's the thing. Without the second stanza, we wouldn't know that a host was 10,000. And we would have been uh, arguing about it to this No, day. I would have been fine because I would have thought <laughs> those 80 daffodils. Um, <laughs> must have been great. I feel like the first and the last are probably the best, right? You can't fire the middle two stanzas. Okay, I'll only fire the second. Theo wants the poem to be, I wandered lonely as a cloud. He saw some daffodils. Because often when I lie down in a pensive mood, they flash upon. <laughs> I think about them. <laughs> and my heart with pleasure fills. He says, I saw the daffodils and, and they fill my heart with pleasure. The end. Yeah, come on, Theo. You need the middle too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Step one, daffodils. Step four, profit. That's it. All right. Are we firing it or not? No. Not firing. Jackie? I'd rather fire Sonnet 98 than this one. Okay. Well, so do you want to fire both? Because you made me fire Sonnet 98. <laughs> <laughs> No. Okay. All right. And I'm firing the second stanza. Next poem. Okay. So I'm going to read one by Gerard Manley Hopkins. Okay. Is Manley in quotation marks? Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> mocking him because he was really a wimp. Can you guess the title, guys? Spring. Theo, you want to guess? I'm going to say springtime. It's called spring. Woo! Time. Nope, spring. Ready? Sure. Nothing is so beautiful as spring when weeds and wheels shoot long and lovely and lush. (laughs) Thrush's eggs look little low heavens, and thrush, through the echoing timber, does so rinse and ring the air. It strikes like lightnings to hear him sing. The glassy pear tree leaves and blooms, they brush the descending blue. That blue is all in a rush with richness. The racing lambs, too, have fair their fling. What is all this juice and all this joy? A strain of the earth, sweet being in the beginning in Eden Garden. Have, get, before it cloy, before it cloud, Christ, Lord, and sour with sinning. 
Innocent mind and mayday and girl and boy, most, O oh, maid's child, thy choice and worthy the winning. Okay, dang, that was actually the best poem, but the first line sucked. What? Nothing is so beautiful as spring? Lame. A, fir- a first grader could write is that. Is that why you were yelling at me for so long? Just a little too obvious. Yeah, here right? I'm going to write a poem called Fall. Boy, fall is pretty. It starts with something bland, and then it expands into something really good. You're right. It's kind of like a flower blooming. Yeah. Oh. But man, that was good. That was good. I mean, What do you like was, about it, Jack? Oh, it was so musical. Sour with sinning. That's pretty good. What is all this juice and all this joy? That's a great line. I think I would love to just turn that into a beat, like, what is all this juice? What is all this juice? What is all this juice and this joy and this sinning and this juice? <laughs> That's what's so beautiful about it is that Jackie wants to improve it. No, um, there was one line you read where I went from being like, I'm going to fire this to, oh. Was it through the echoing timber does so rinse and ring the ear? I started to think it was um, musical at about that point, but... Thrush's eggs look little low heavens. Yes, I think that might have been it. Little low heavens, I liked. So when weeds and wheels shoot long and lovely and lush, you were still like, fire it, fire it, fire it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe it was the descending blue. The blue is all in a rush with richness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was a good poem. <laughs> I hate to <laughs> hand it to you, but it was good. So, I mean, one of the the best pieces of poetry advice I ever heard, which I use all the time, is um, whenever you've written a poem, just cut the first line. No matter what it is, just cut it. It's almost always going to be better. No, this is a sonnet. He can't cut it. <laughs> it's not a sonnet anymore if it's only 13 well, lines. Well, he could cut the first line and add one more to the end. When, when was this written? Uh, the 1800s. Theo, we're safe. Because I don't really know the history of all of these things. Like, how long were sonnets popular? I mean, they're still popular. People still write them. Yeah, people have been writing sonnets as long as the first sonnet was written. Okay, this one's from 1880, that was, but it was that published nothing, in Rachel. That meant nothing. <laughs> no, since, I'm saying since the first sonnet was written, we have always kept doing it. So it's not like there was a sonnet period that's, that had a cutoff point. That's I know, but I'm it was saying. the way you said it was people have been writing sonnets since the time the first sonnet was written. <laughs> My point was that we've continued. <laughs> I, like, if you're taking a class on the history of poetry, there's a time when the most influential poets are not writing sonnets, though, right? I think people's always play around with it, right, Jackie? Like, I'm sure there was a time when sonnets were more, they were like the preeminent poetry form. And they've, they're not the number one form, but every, I feel like everybody gives it a go, at least. Yeah, I mean, I feel like different forms are kind of like little badges of honor for poets. Like, if you write a really good Sestina, people are going to be like, ooh, check out that Sestina that Jacqueline wrote. Um, oh, so you wrote one? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you write a good poem and it's a sonnet, it's, it's even better. Really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you write a poem and it's a good poem and then someone notices later that it's a sonnet, is that what you just said? Yeah. But Theo doubted me, so I thought you were just rephrasing it. I questioned. No, I actually didn't hear you, and but it's oh. true. Like, but like you, you'll read it and then be like, "And it's a sonnet." Like, wow, mm-hmm. there was intention behind this that I didn't notice. Like when there's mm. so basically when when there's all this stuff in there and it's intentional and it's structured and it's it doesn't feel like it when it doesn't feel like a bouncy little like when it doesn't feel like that and yet it is that's very impressive daffodils by by wordsworth that is cute this isn't cute but it's the same i mean the first half is the same vibe the second half is religious and he gerard manley hopkins was religious he was catholic right jackie uh sure yeah okay so he was catholic he wanted to be a priest but then he 
quit being a priest. And there was like a big conflict within him because he was like, I have all this poetic talent, but I'm drawn to the priesthood, but I can't commit myself to just one. I mean, they just think of things to torture themselves with. Yeah. I think Theo should read Injust by E.E. E. Cummings. The poem? Mm-hmm. Okay. Send it. Post it in the chat. Right now? Yeah, we're going on to round two. Wait, okay. we're not firing this, I assume. Oh, no, I like it. I don't it. think so. Love it. I, I don't know. I kind of agree with Jackie. Maybe fire the first line. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, first line sucks. No, it doesn't suck. I think it's good. I think he sets you up, and then you're like, wait a second. It sets you up to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, then you're I should not. start doing that with my poems. I'm like, I'm going to make the first line some garbage. Guess what? I'm not a fool. <laughs> I feel like I want some more content. What else do we like about this? I mean, everything is good. Every single line is good. Okay, the first Uh, line is the least good, but I think it sets up the poem really well. The glassy pear tree leaves and blooms. That's nice. The descending blue to describe the sky. It's it's great. I can only talk about what I like, but I think what this poem does well that I really love is... It feels like a single emotion. It feels like a moment. Like you walk outside and you just are overwhelmed. It's like so intense. Like I feel like you can smell the honeysuckle and you can like just feel the the warm air on you. And you just think, what is all of this? Like how can this be? Mm. I just got real emotional. Hearing the song (laughs) of a bird and saying it strikes like lightnings. That's really good. (laughs) That is. And what he's saying is like, be here before this is over, you know? Like, get it. Get it right, get it tight before it cloys. When you experience a moment like this in the springtime, it harkens back to what it was like in the Garden of Eden before things went bad. I see. It's just great. It's beautiful. I think what I was going to say, too, is like that little spirit we just talked about of like self-denial and repression is similar to what we talked about with the T.S. Eliot episode. It's like, these people can't have what they want, but if they could have what they wanted, I still don't think they would go and get it because I think they need to be tortured. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's so central to... Maybe that sounds terrible. I'm sure they wouldn't have wished that in their lifetimes, but it clearly elevated it beyond maybe what it would have been yeah if they were able to be free it wouldn't have been the same art but it still could have been great in a totally different way yeah i think the mistake we often make is saying like well if you're miserable but your art is great then that's better and it's better to be miserable but i think if the world were just full of happy people and no one made any great art i think that would be fine too or it could be happy people who make great art who knows unlikely jackie don't you wish everyone would just laugh a lot more yeah that's why we yeah. want them to listen to our podcast. Shit, we gotta say something funny then. Well, I just <laughs> okay, sent you a pretty funny poem. I'm a bear again. <laughs> no, still. Um, oh, still. Uh, continuing. Um, okay. Injust by E.E. E. Cummings. Injust spring. <laughs> when the world is mud, luscious, the little lame balloon man whistles <laughs> far and we. <wee. laughs> And Eddie and Bill come running from marbles and piracies, and it's spring when the world is puddle wonderful. The queer old balloon man whistles far and we. And Betty and Isabel come dancing from hopscotch and jump rope, and it's spring, and the goat footed balloon man whistles far and we. I just like the little lame balloon man. 
you like him better than the goat-footed balloon man? I think When the World is Puddle Wonderful is good. Puddle Wonderful, yeah. Puddle Wonderful is good. I want to start using that. Puddle Wonderful. Puddle Wonderful. I think a lot of people hate E.E. E. Cummings. I think that in this particular poem, I like this poem. I think it's good. I don't think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that the structure distracts. <laughs> I don't think it actually adds that much. What? Theo didn't sound distracted at all. That was it's so... spring and <laughs> the... <laughs> Goat-footed <laughs> balloon. balloon. Was that the wrong way to read Whistles. it? No, I don't. I don't know if there is a wrong way to read it. I think it was the right way. <laughs> I just think it's kind of whimsical, like mud luscious. Puddle wonderful. Puddle wonderful. Someone's whistling far and wee. Yeah, and just. I I like it. Is what I'm saying. I'm happy to read it. I'm not gonna seek it out to read more. Like, to reread and reread. I kind of like how he just repeats, it's spring, it's spring, and it's spring, and this happens, and it's spring. Yeah, I like it, I said. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I think if, here's what it is. It feels like jumping, it feels like jumping over puddles or jumping in puddles. Mm-hmm, sure. You're not just, like, walking. You're you're hopping around. You're hopping. You're Gerard Manley mm-hmm. hopping around. Oh, I could see that. You could imagine being like that. So Balloon Man is someone who sells balloons? Or maybe he's made of balloons, who knows? Yeah, he is a, he is a balloon. No. Jackie, do you want to do the um, Edna St. Vincent Millay one? Uh, yeah. Is this our last one? No, I'll do one too. Wait, did we fire that last one, the E. e. Cummings one? Uh, yeah. We did? I thought you loved it. Look, if we fired Sonnet 98, I think we have to fire <laughs> that one. Wow. <laughs> I would keep a couple lines. Look, just because I fire something from the Western canon doesn't mean I think it's garbage. The Western canon should have nothing but amazing shit this in is- it. Great shit, but it's not amazing shit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's good shit. (laughs) It's good shit. All right. Spring by Edna St. Vincent Millay. To what purpose, April, do you return again? Beauty is not enough. You can no longer quiet me with the redness of little leaves opening stickily. I know what I know. (laughs) The sun is hot on my neck as I observe the spikes of crocus. The smell of the earth is good shit. It is apparent that there is no death. But what does that signify? Not only underground are the brains of men eaten by maggots. (laughs) Life in itself is nothing. An empty cup. A flight of uncarpeted stairs. It is not enough that yearly, down this hill, April comes like an idiot, babbling and strewing flowers. That's good. (laughs) Theo's obsessed with it. I don't know. That's his attitude. (laughs) Not only underground are the brains of men eaten by maggots. You can be eaten by maggots when you're walking around upright. This is a this is a very goth poem. <laughs> it is. She's like, why are you back here again? Like, I've seen some shit. You can't make me happy with just your little red leaves anymore. The theme of this poem is, what's the point? What's the point? Yep. It is apparent that there is no death. You come back year after year, April, but what is it? What does it matter? Little leaves opening stickily is really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that one. But this is not the vibe I'm going for spring of 2021 <laughs> in oh, my crap. own life. In my own life. <laughs> You're right. I feel like eaten by maggots is not what the vibe I'm going for. <laughs> I don't want to fire it, but I don't want to read it until, like, I don't know, 2023. <laughs> it's temporarily fired. Yeah. It can try, like, reapply in a couple years. <laughs> Just to let the listener know. I've set this to music twice, actually. The second time was much better, so that's the only one I would ever let someone listen to. <laughs> Part of what I like about it. Or why it seemed like it would be good to set is because how often do you get to write music that's depicting an idiot? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't know. Like I would always do it by like setting up the like stupid music before the singer comes in. Then it just changes totally to something more 
song-like, I guess, when the singer comes in and you're like, wait, what was that stupid music I heard? (laughs) And then it comes back at the end. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, that's why it's stupid. Oh, that's why. (laughs) I like that you said, how often do you get to write music about an idiot? As for me, never. I I never get that chance. Yeah. (laughs) I also like that she says, you can no longer quiet me. It's like, most people think of like being depressed or disillusioned or wondering what the point is you would think you'd get quiet right but she's saying no i'm done being quiet i'm mm-hmm. mad nice. <laughs> she's yeah. loud i'm mad that death exists mm-hmm. pretty good all right what do you want to do last rachel i think probably emily dickinson right yeah let's go for it i've been waiting for this okay emily dickinson this poem is as usual for her poems it's called by the first line so it's a light exists in spring here we go A light exists in spring, not present on the year at any other period, when March is scarcely here. A color stands abroad on solitary fields that science cannot overtake but human nature feels. It waits upon the lawn, it shows the furthest tree, upon the furthest slope you know, it almost speaks to you. Then as horizons step or noons report away, without the formula of sound, it passes and we stay. A quality of loss affecting our content as trade had suddenly encroached upon a sacrament. I like the last line. Upon a sacrament? I feel like it hits heavy. It lands and it sticks the landing. I think so too. I think this is another good one. It's like the Hopkins poem where it starts and you think, oh, it's just going to be a poem about how great spring is. Oh, look, it's pretty light and there's some trees. And then you're like, oh, damn. Right. This lady had some thoughts in her lady brain. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like it. What do you guys think? I don't think it's my favorite of Emily Dickinson's poems, but I do really like it. I think it's good. I want to rank these five poems because I think... Six, in fact. Six, yeah. We don't want to have too much egalitarianism, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't want to get a negative review. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till we get our first nonsensical <laughs> review on Apple Podcasts where it's like five stars, never heard of it. Yeah. Nice. What's the deal with all of the capitalized words? In this? That's just what she That's did. That's her style. Oh, really? I'm guessing whenever it was something that she particularly thought was important, she would capitalize it. Mm. Yeah. I think there's also certain of her poems where you can look at the capitalized words and maybe use them to think about some type of alternative meaning, right? Like the narrow fellow in the grass. She would sometimes not, like purposefully not rhyme when you expect her to. Mm. She's subverting expectations. In the middle stanza in this, for example. I almost thought the poem was going to continue after the last line, and when it didn't, I felt like that was what made it feel like, whoa. You felt caught up short? Yeah, it felt like um, almost falling off a cliff, but some someone grabs the back of your shirt and yanks you back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's I got that poetry degree. <laughs> I think I've said something about this to Theo before, but because m- a lot of Emily Dickinson's poems were written in the common meter... And the Pokemon theme song is also written in the common meter. Not this poem, (laughs) but most of her poems you can sing to the Pokemon theme song. There's a narrow fellow in the grass like no one ever was. Because I could not stop for death. (laughs) Honey stopped for me. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Immortality. (laughs) Pokemon. (laughs) Dickinson. That's good. I wonder if Emily Dickinson has any poems in this bird poem book. Oh, yeah. Let's do the bird poem thing, and then Theo and you and I will rank the poems. All right. I'm going to read you maybe five to ten bird titles. Okay. and Bird poem titles? Yeah, bird poem titles. You tell me. Whether or not to fire them. <laughs> no. You, you tell me which ones you think are the best, okay? Okay. 
Why is why are we doing this? She just has a book of bird poetry and she wants to get it out there. Okay, cool. My thesis professor gave this to me because he had a bunch of books he was getting rid of from his library and he specifically chose this one for me and said, I think you need this book of bird poems. Because you're a freaking loon. <gasps> ha ha. Get it? Nice. Thank you. <laughs> you just tell me which one you want to read. How about that? Okay. A hoggy dead. A hoggy dead. A hoggy dead. That's the title. Okay. What is the word? Hoggy. H-O-G-G-I-E. Dead. A hoggy dead. A hoggy dead. A hoggy dead. <laughs> That's three different poems. Totally different writers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cock, 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 cock. What? I have a gentle cock. <laughs> no. They can't put um, those right next to each other in the book. <laughs> Little Cock Robin. Oh, poor Robin. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Sorry, joke. Dad. Take two a kook, Taffy. What? Larky, Larky Lee. Higgledy, Piggledy, my black hen. Oh, I know that one. I feel like you should be saying these in like a witch voice or something. <laughs> Higgledy, Piggledy. <laughs> yeah. Cackle, cackle, Mother Goose. <laughs> yeah, right? That's perfect. Cock, 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 cock. I was picturing, I wanted to read that kind of like a beat poem, like or like you're doing a, a poetry reading. Yeah. You know, like. Cock. I can't do it. <laughs> you need to have the video on. <laughs> Theo's well, so uncomfortable really scratching anything. his beard frantically. They can hear. There's so many of these. We got to pick one that would be really good to say as witches, and then we all three say it over and over oh, as right. witches. Like a spell? No, it doesn't have to sound like a spell. We could, we're just... Because witches also like to taunt people, don't they? Oh, they love to taunt people. Yeah, they're, they're big taunters. <laughs> Little cock robin. Okay, which one of these did you like the best? Cock, 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 cock. Take two a coup. Taffy. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you pick one. Take two a coo cat. How what? about a hoggy dead, a hoggy dead, a hoggy dead? How about that one? Sure. Okay. okay. A hoggy dead. Okay. And we're going to say it like witches. Yeah. Three, two, one. I haven't found the poem yet. Hold a on. Hoggy a dead, hoggy dead. A hoggy dead. We're just saying the title, Jackie. A hoggy dead. A hoggy dead. Oh, listen to this. It's only four lines. Ready? Read it, girl. A hoggy dead. A hoggy dead. A hoggy dead. Oh, where? Oh, where? Oh, where? Down in a park. Down in a park. Down in a park. Is it fat? Is it fat? Is it fat? Come try. Come try. Come try. Epizuxis. I see why your professor gave you this book. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not into that one. <laughs> I don't know. Let's fire that one. <laughs> you don't think everyone should be forced to read that? I mean, I think we knew from the title it was going to be a little weird. Mm -hmm. I didn't think the actual structure of the poem would match the title. <laughs> yeah. There are riddles. Ooh, can, okay, one more. And then can <gasps> I have you? Yes, let's do a riddle. Let's do a riddle. Let's do a riddle. Okay. I'll look up other spring riddles. When I was born, my mother and father abandoned me. I had no breath, no pulse of life, but a kind-hearted creature covered me up and kept me close, just as she would if we were kin. A stranger, I was cosseted and cared for, until in the warmth of that welcome breast I was brought to life. After that, my foster mother fed me, and then, when I was strong enough to set out on my own, I deserted her. So, of daughters and sons, she had fewer, in spite of all she had done. Is this about chickens? No, it's not about chickens. Does it have a solution? Is this a riddle? What's the riddle? It's, yeah, it's a, it, it, well, the answer is a bird of some type. Just any bird? No, no, oh. no, it's a specific bird. I think oh, there must ostrich. be... ostrich. Why would it be an ostrich? I think God, there must be, be birds that take other birds in. Mockingbird. It's actually a cuckoo. Oh. 
That's kind of similar I to a mockingbird. I guess that eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really knew a lot about birds. <laughs> yeah, no one. Well, they didn't have a whole lot going on. Yeah. I feel like, you know, Gen Z kids these days, they just don't know about birds. <laughs> As opposed to Gen Z kids in the 8th century. Yeah. Yeah, they knew all about birds. <laughs> That's the difference between Gen Z kids from when I was a kid and today. Here's a cute one. Summer is coming. Summer is coming. I know it. I know it. I know it. Light again, leaf again, life again, love again. Yes, my wild little poet. Yeah, cute. Uh, that's another riddle. I like that. No. <laughs> the answer is ostrich. <laughs> All right, I think we're done. No, we're going to rank our poems. Oh, my gosh. Number one for me, Gerard Manley Hopkins, Spring. Me too. Wow. Theo, do you concur or do you have a different number one? Yeah, that's, that's a good number one. No, but what's your number one? That sounds good to me. Let's do that one. Okay, number one is spring. Number two is spring. Number three. <laughs> Emily Dickinson. I guess it would be Dickinson, then it would be Wordsworth, then Shakespeare, then Cummings. Really? That's the same for me. Wow, you guys are so similar. And I don't even have a poetry degree. Well, good job. I guess you're right. <laughs> and my list was the exact opposite. Wow. <laughs> really? He likes E.E. E. Cummings the best. <laughs> Theo, what was your list? Tell us. I don't know. I'm just a simple bear. <laughs> We've got a simple caterpillar, Queen Bee, telling us her thoughts. She's a queen bee. She's an aristocrat. Okay. Yeah. If he told us his thoughts, Apis he would immediately mellifera. regret it. Well, I guess I'm off to go do what bears do. See if anybody has their garbage can unlocked. <laughs> Climb in there. Speaking <laughs> of raccoons. Hey, I, I, I'm up here all alone and I have plenty of garbage cans. Did you hear that? But how much garbage can a bee generate? You'd be surprised. <laughs> Wait a second. Jackie, hmm. we didn't even come to the conclusion that we should be enemies, right? The bear comes to <gasps> take the honey. honey. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, you had I established long ago that we are your, you called us your enemies, didn't you? <laughs> uh, I think antagonists. Yeah. yeah. Antagonists. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had a question. Do you think, oh, f- sorry, finish your banter. Um, and thus concludes our banter. That's what we have to say at the end every time we do banter. Okay, so I know it's okay to talk. <laughs> and they bantered happily ever after. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we need Jackie to me- to recommend some poets. Um, okay, so my favorite living poet at this time is uh, Tracy K. Smith. She was actually... Tracy the- Chapman, fast car, we get it. No, Tracy K. Smith, she was the poet laureate of the United States, I think just two years ago, maybe? Very mainstream of you. No, well, I liked her before that, so no, she's amazing. Uh, she wrote my favorite book of poetry, or one of my favorite books, I think it's like top two, um, called Life on Mars. Excellent book. It was either a Pulitzer Prize finalist or maybe the winner, I can't remember. Um, I think that was it. But yeah, so her father was an astrophysicist, um, and she's a poet, and she merges the two wonderfully. Can't recommend enough Tracy K. Smith. Next on the list might have to be Morgan Parker. Morgan Parker um, is the author of several books. The one that I read most recently, well, not actually the one that I read first was called um, There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce. Shocker, I know. Um, highly recommend that. Morgan Parker is raw. Her language is just big. It's, it's shocking. It's unabashed. And I wish I could be more like Morgan Parker. Reginald Dwayne Betts. I actually got the chance to talk to Reginald Dwayne Betts um, in my sophomore year poetry class and he was in bed and had just woken up and just did a zoom call with our class Mm. reginald Dwayne betts went to federal prison at the age of 16 i think for participating in a carjacking after he got out of prison he became um an extremely well-regarded best-selling poet and he went to yale law school and is now actually working as a lawyer but he still publishes poetry books 
an excellent selection of his would be um, Bastards of the Reagan Era. Great book. Shahid reads his own palm, also about his time in the federal prison and full of humanity. I don't know. Oh, gosh. What if I should have just named names instead of talking about them? I feel like I didn't get to enough people. We're going to have more episodes. We Yeah, we have a podcast every week, so. <laughs> okay. No, we should thank our new patron, Tristan. <laughs> yeah, thanks to our new patron. All right, let's do that a little better. Right, Theo, why don't you thank him? All right, let's give a real good thank you on the count of three. Two, one, three. Thank, thank you, Tristan. 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 Oh, Stephen's been overthrown. He's no longer the king patron. There's a new king in these parts, and there ain't enough room in this town for the two of them. <laughs> Tristan! We made a special tier, a very aspirational yeah. tier yeah. that allows the patron to force us to do any book they want. So we look forward to hearing what Tristan's going to make us do. <laughs> I hear just the, the whisperings that Theo tells us. It's actually a very reasonable book, and he could have used... He hasn't decided yet. He has time. Yeah, so if you want to go even more unreasonable, Tristan, just let us know. We did say yeah. we wouldn't question it. I was going to say it was actually, you know, he could have forced us to read something absolutely awful, but he, you know, he, he left us our dignity. He could have written a book and had us read it. <laughs> That's actually a great idea. What if he did? Yeah, he hasn't decided yet. What if he's like, this is my chance? Try it out. All Tristan. right, Tristan, let us know. <laughs> Do you guys want to know something? Yeah. Sure. I've known Tristan for longer than I've known the two of you. We're together? We know that. You never knew that. Yes, we do. Yes, we did. We 100% knew that. Yeah, you never knew that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you guys are so ignorant. I can't believe you didn't know that. Naive fools once again. <laughs> Have you also known Seth longer than you've known us? <laughs> and my mom and dad. We met Theo when he was 15, so we assume that he is, we were his first friends. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have any before us. Yeah. Tristan's cool. He's a, uh, I highly recommend Tristan. I do too. Welcome to Theo's Tristan Corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any contemporary Tristans you'd like to recommend? Um, was Tristan named after Tristan and he's old? Chronologically, yes. Yeah, yes, was. he was named after. He received um, the name after. <laughs> yeah. Here, here are some facts about Tristan. Really good at piano. He's also very good at guitar. Also very good at drums. What? Triple threat? Theo, I feel like he doesn't know anything about his own friends except for musical stuff. What he did the same thing with Frances last week. She's actually yeah. a really good friend yeah. of mine. Let me talk about piano. Fine. He's also very funny. Mm -hmm. Get that? Maybe this isn't something you two care about, but he's also extremely good at video games. Which video games? Like anything. Like I remember when, when we were kids, it would be like, I would still be trying to like figure out which side of the controller was the top. <laughs> and he would be like. And he immediately knew which side was the top. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like he was average at video games and you were just really bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's, like, he's very, very, very good. He has an instinctive sense for which side is the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think Theo was going to find that so funny. Yeah, well, every uh, once in a while I get a giggle on you. Know. <laughs> that was a cackle. <laughs> okay, so I always say this, but I mean it. I mean, I'm I'm so glad for everyone listening, and I'm so glad for everyone who participates in our on our Patreon at all. And I'm, Yeah, congrats to you all. <laughs> and thank you so much, Tristan, as well. Um, Steven may want to fight you at some point for taking his throne away, but Ooh. we'd love that to happen. Duels. But make sure you write in your will before you do that, that your remaining money keeps going to us because should I say some like little inside joke I have with Tristan? So, uh, he knows that we, we didn't just, so he know. knows you're not like an imposter. Yeah. So he knows that we don't just take the same template every time and just put a different person's name in it. 
I guess. <laughs> Do you think he would think that? <laughs> I mean, he's presumably listened to us, right? Uh, yes. Like for every single person, we say like, Jackie's dad, Dan, was the greatest at video games when we were growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just, it would have to be greatest at blank, and you would say... I was still trying to figure out which side of the guitar was the inside. <laughs> I kept going in there, but... My dad never got confused about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. There didn't seem to be any strings you could use. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, how about this? Cereal Sundays, best breakfast ever. All right, that's my inside joke. Taco okay, Tuesdays, best Tuesday ever. <laughs> no, no, it's Sunday with an A-E. Oh. And that would... Get your sugar levels up. I thought it was just every Sunday you guys would just eat some cereal. Yum. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, that's so much more tame than what it actually was. Oh my yeah, because it was wild. And sometimes when I'm feeling pensive, I think back about those cereal Sundays. <laughs> 10,000 cereal Sundays. <laughs> 10,000 Cheerios all in a bowl together. <laughs> all right. So that's the end of the podcast. Wait, no, we have to say all of our contact stuff. Go, go, go. Contact, go. Hey, everybody. Everyone. Hey, well, pay everyone. Attention. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Facebook. It's Fire the Cannon Podcast on Facebook.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Twitter and Instagram. We're Fire the Cannon Pod. Hey, everyone. Welcome to FireTheCannonPod.com. End of story. Uh, what's up, y'all? Come to Patreon.com slash FireTheCannon. Hey there, little mama. Let me light your candle now. I forgot what we're doing. Is she an auctioneer? <laughs> Tell people our go- our Gmail. Our Google is FireTheCannonPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll respond. Yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. Or you can give us a couple bucks on ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com slash fire the cannon. You can write us a letter and throw it into a bottle and put it in the ocean and it'll probably get to Rachel somehow. Oh, I have found some of those. Rachel is an ocean dweller. That's true. I'm an old one. All right. The last thing we have to do is say our final goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye, Mama Bear. Bye now. Bee is what you should have said. Mm-mm, I'm Mama Bee. Why? She's a bear. You're Mama Bee? I'm Queen Bee. Yeah, Jackie is the Queen Bee. Queen Bees have moms. There are other Queen Bees. But that's my mom that we're talking about. Okay, a bee did not give birth to a bear. A bear could give birth to a bee, I guess. They both sound pretty unpleasant. On that note, we're done. I'm so mad. All right. He's mad. <laughs>